welcome to The Family Business. I'm your host, Shannon. I'm Donna. And I'm Kaz. And this week we are going to be discussing episode 10 entitled Dream a Little Dream of Me. And this episode focuses primarily on Bobby being trapped inside a dream world without the ability to wake up. And he is being attacked by some screaming crazy lady that at first I thought was a banshee for some reason because she just does nothing but scream. But when Sam and Dean finally find out that the reason he's in a dream is related to a specific plant called Silene Capensis, is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I wrote it down and I was pretty sure I remembered how to pronounce it. Uh, basically, it's African dream root and it has been used by shaman and witch doctors through the ages to walk in other people's dreams. According to Supernatural. According to Supernatural, which I'm sure Donna will set us straight in just a few minutes. That's what it focuses on. And of course, we get Bella coming in and she says that she's doing this out of the kindness of her heart because she wants to do it for Bobby to repay him for saving her life, which we eventually find out is bullshit. But hey, it's Bella, so it wouldn't be Bella if she wasn't lying. So, Donna, do you want to go ahead and touch on the African dream root lore? Yeah, I've actually got a couple pieces of lore for you. Selene Capensis is African dream root. It's considered sacred by the Zosa people. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and if I'm not, I don't mean any disrespect. They use it for lucid dreaming. There's no mention of dream walking in their in their belief system. But what they do use it for is they speak to their ancestors. Okay. So they they believe that in their dreams they're speaking to their ancestors. The other thing I wanted to talk about was Charcot-Wilbrand's syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is a real thing. It's very, very rare, usually the result of focal brain damage, and boils down to the lack of ability to re-visualize images. And these people indeed don't dream. And because dreaming is really important to the health of your brain, they end up dealing with a lot of obsessive behavior and hallucinations and that sort of thing. So they are not really functional people. So I know that like if you don't get a lot of sleep and if you don't you know, reach REM sleep and all of that, that it can eventually drive you crazy and kill you. I mean, you can die from a lack of good sleep. Does this syndrome lead to that? There was no mention in the research I did that it was deadly, but... I mean, these, these are not, they're not going to be healthy. Right. I mean, they're, they're going to have a ton of stress. Like I said, they're not going to be mentally healthy. So I would not expect that sufferers of this syndrome are going to live long and healthy life. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I would say is because it is very rare, it's highly unlikely that the professor was studying a group of sufferers. Oh, uh, Yeah. He was not studying right. a lot of, of sufferers. So. Well, and in the episode, the only person that we get to meet that he was actually using as a test subject was Jeremy Frost, who we find out is the one who's responsible for trapping Bobby in the dream and then eventually traps Dean in a dream as well. Can I mention just real quick, the woman in Bobby's dream, I want to talk about her. Does that, that work? 
Which woman? Oh, the Bob, woman in Bobby's in Bobby, in Bobby's. <laughs> Sorry, I was just looking at my notes and I saw Lisa on there and I was like, but Lisa was in the dream. No, she wasn't. She was in Dean's dream. So Bobby's wife, yes. What would you like to talk about? Uh, yeah, we, we do find out that that's his wife. Right. Who, before he became a hunter, he killed because she had become possessed. But the thing I really love is when she was screaming, those weren't angry screams. Those weren't I'm going to kill you screams. Those were screams of pain. Yes. And fear. And I like that because that's going to be the screams Bobby remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. A, I don't. I don't know if it was a deliberate thing or not, but I just loved it. I loved it. I also loved his comment a little later on when he says everyone got into hunting somehow. Yeah, which is just. It's almost yeah. saying, look, these hunters are all fucked up. They're all. <laughs> Yeah, all of them. Everybody, everybody in the hunting business is damaged in some way from some traumatic event. Yeah, nobody just picks up a stake and goes, "I'm going to go hunting now." <laughs> well, and with that, we we do get, and I'm jumping way to the end of the episode. But whenever Dean is trapped in his dream, he's confronted by a vision of himself, Whew. and that is some as your noise right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's some pretty powerful shit because Dean is mm-hmm. faced with the fact that yeah, Dad was a gigantic piece of shit, and he turns Dean basically into just a little robot. While it was Dean basically telling him self-things that he probably doesn't acknowledge on a conscious level, it was some really powerful stuff, especially for him to confront that. There, right. Oh, oh, no, you go ahead. There was a uh, also a really good writing choice there in that we don't have Jeremy interact with Dean in that dream yes. at all. Yes. So you are throughout, or at least the beginning, and you're watching it, you're like, okay, this is probably Jeremy in some sort of guise or some sort of this or some sort of that. But because the writers kept them completely apart and Jeremy was dealing with Sam, you know as the audience and Dean knows as himself that that was himself. Yeah. There's no doubt of this is, oh, I'm being manipulated, I'm being fooled, oh, oh he's trying to get my head. No, this is you talking to yourself. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever because one little word or like if Jeremy locked him in the room or just him showing up at all would have taken that away. Yeah. Would have, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, my my comment when I watched it was, Dream Dean is speaking truth. Oh, other Dream Dean is speaking truth. Yeah. They, there was there was a lot of truth yeah, going yeah. out in that scene. Truth going everywhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> one of the first things that the, that the alternate Dean said, the Dream Dean says was, I know how dead you are inside. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah. I, it didn't get any better from there. It was it was a mm-hmm. whole hell of a lot of truth that that... I think other people see and other people try to tell Dean about. Right. And that he deep down knows it, but just doesn't Mm -hmm. face it or deal with it on a regular basis. He's always on to the next hunt. He's always on to the next hunt. And, you know, we don't have to worry about this. He just dies into his work and doesn't face the fact that, yes, he's going to die. Yes, he's going to go to hell. And this is what he'll become. And (laughs) with dealing with the discussion about dad... Dean, for the first time, basically says some really, yeah. I guess what you would consider honest but hurtful things 
about John in that he called him an obsessive bastard and said that he couldn't protect his family. Just uh, that and, it wasn't his responsibility. Yeah, and yeah. Dean and Dean said I didn't deserve what he put on me. That was that was just God. It felt so good to hear him say that. Yeah, it was gut wrenching and cathartic. Yeah, <laughs> especially since you know in the episode A Very Supernatural Christmas episode eight when we're looking at the younger Sam and Dean. I mean, Dean is the one who's going out of his way to make sure that Sam has Christmas, that Sam is protected, and that Sam has food. Dean was the parent. John was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. And Dean was absolutely right. He didn't deserve what John put on Mm -hmm. him. Absolutely not. So So, now that we have really lauded Dean, I want to go all the way back to the beginning and say, fuck you, Dean. Because (laughs) when Sam was in that bar and they walk in and there's there's one woman in the bar and she is, I'm just going to say she's not conventionally attractive. And they even did a focus poll so we would know that she was who Dean was talking about. Right. When he said Slim Pickens, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Dean. <laughs> You're normally my favorite, but well, and that scene too, I th- I think is what kind of started us and Dean on the introspective aspect of this episode because Sam, who is drinking whiskey at two o'clock in the afternoon, and as Dean points out, that's not Sam. Mm-hmm. He Sam asks him, "How can you care so little about yourself? What's wrong with you?" And so obviously, at the end, we get to see. Yeah. Why Dean cares so little about himself and what's wrong with him, but I, I just, I think that that was a great way to set up, even though it happened so far apart from the beginning of the episode to the end. I think it was a great way to set up the fact that Dean was going to be very introspective with himself. So Bella, here's my problem with Bella in general, or not even with Bella. She's a great character. I right. love. Bella. Yeah. But the way she's portrayed and used in this season, there is absolutely no reason that you would ever let her anywhere near you. Right. She is always deceitful. She is always tricking them. Yeah. Constantly. And for her to work for us to believe that Dean would let her into their room, there's going to have to be even even 25% of the time they can trust her. Yeah. If, If you can even say, well, you roll the dice and you might get a good Bella. But you don't. You never get a good Bella. Right. And the thing is, too, is that she knew they were going to be unconscious. And they knew that she knew that they were going to be unconscious. Mm -hmm. But they didn't take any precautions or anything. They were just like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to drink the tea. Go get a room. Bye. Yeah. And they know she's a thief. They know she's a great thief. Yes. Yeah, very, very, very good thief. Mm -hmm. I uh, actually thought whenever she brought the root and assuming that she was telling the truth, about Bobby and Flagstaff and all that. Right. Whenever she said, I want to go in with you guys, I was like, oh, she wants to go in with them. That's interesting. And then I started to think, oh, she wants to go in so she can learn secrets about that. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm like, okay, here we go. So she sort of pushes, oh, I'm going in. And Dean's like, oh, I wouldn't trust you, blah, blah, blah. And she drops it. And I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like she... And I see what they did. They were sort of like throwing, like, this was her angle all along. He shot her down. But I felt like she should have pushed for a little bit more. Like, hey, look, I brought the root. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. If you guys let me go, I'm taking it back. And Dean could be like, it's already in my safe. What are you going to do? So they could have had a little back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. um, Which could have been very interesting via, because of, you know, Sam's dream before she had had approached. Them arguing (laughs) so much in front of him and just... 
that weirdness. So I felt like they, if she had pushed and pushed and pushed, and he had definitively been like, you know, get out, yada yada, I would have believed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, okay, she really was trying to after something in their minds, and it would have thrown me more off. Yeah. What it was, but for her to back down on her initial request seemed a little just, I don't know. It made me wonder, go, okay, so that's not the angle. What is the angle? Which I should have assumed it was whatever's in the safe when they do the obvious safe show. Right. But. Yeah. One one thing I also considered, because they just kept making such a big deal out of why is she helping us? Why is she helping us? I thought it was a flaw because the very last time she was on, they saved her life. Yeah. And they didn't have to. So it's not they're asking her a favor. It's them reclaiming a favor. But it's a minor flaw. I do want to talk about well, the dream that Sam had. She also did give them money to That's sell up. That's true. Yes. She did. So true. Yeah. If, if they tried to vote it, each. she was like, yeah, I don't want to be in y'all's debt whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the whole thing with Bobby couldn't have been possibly true. Because yes. that does sound something like Bobby would definitely have done yeah, right. to save her at some point. Even if he knew she was, you know, no good for nothing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But then, I mean, Bobby blatantly points out, no, dude, I just gave her an amulet. It wasn't anything Mm -hmm. spectacular. It was a amulet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I got a thrift shop. So Sam, Sam had that dream about Bella, and then he was just super awkward with her. Super awkward. But the thing that because years ago I worked in a very small office with two other TAs and one of them is a very attractive young woman I'm straight I'm very straight but she's a very attractive young woman and I had this dream where she came on to me pretty forcefully and I woke up from it and I actually was like a few hours before I was like that didn't happen. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I spent a good part of the morning going, oh, God, what am I going to do now? But for like a week or two after, I was just really weird around her because, again, it was a very small Like, you couldn't exit the office without brushing past somebody else. Gotcha. So, yeah, it, was, it took me a couple of weeks to get over being awkward with her. So I was very sympathetic to poor Sam. <laughs> to poor Sam. Understandable. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, at this time, we are going to go ahead and take a break. We would really appreciate it if you would go visit us on iTunes or Google Play and give us a rating, a review, and a subscribe. That really helps us out. It makes it easier for other people to find us. And after you've done that, you can interact with us on social media. We would love to chat with you. On Twitter, you can find us at TFB underscore SPN Fancast. On Instagram, you can find us at the Family Business underscore SPN Fancast. And we're also on Facebook at Snarkcasts. And you can check out all of our sister podcasts and other cool stuff can be found at GumbyCatNetworks.com. Once more with feeling, the 20th anniversary Buffyverse fancast, Collective Snark, and Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. All right, well, Donna, I know we've kind of already started talking about this, but do you want to go full depth into the female aspect of the episode? Um, The only real significant female character in the episode was Bella. We've talked about her at length before. Right. Talked about her a little bit already. So I don't really have much to add to that, to, to Donna's feminist corner. Okay. In this episode. Uh, all right. Since this episode does focus so much on the dream world... We have Sam and Dean going into Bobby's dream, and I thought it was really interesting because Bobby's dream recreation of his home 
It's from whenever his wife was alive, yeah. before he was a hunter, when everything wasn't, you know, shades of gray. It was all bright and red and flowered wallpaper and all of that. But one thing that I really thought was funny was whenever Sam and Dean go into the dream, they're looking around, and then Sam's like, I'm going to go outside. And Dean says, well, don't do anything stupid. And I'm like, yeah, like, go fucking outside. Don't go outside. That is like the stupidest thing you could do is separate and one of you go outside. You never split up. Exactly. So, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. But then we've got Dean's dream, and Sam goes along for the ride, and Sam takes control in the dream after Jeremy's beating the shit out of him with a baseball bat, and Sam pretty much summons Jeremy's dad. Yeah. So one thing that I got to wondering about, and I I could have rewatched it, but I didn't. And so I figured, you know, it'll just give us something to talk about. Did Jeremy die in the dream and in the real world? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Because I just, I I guess, I don't know, maybe I was looking at my phone or busy taking a note on something or what. But I just, I guess I missed that. It was a momentary image of him sleeping in the real world in some sort of like storage unit, I think, yeah. or something. It, it reminded me, it's probably the same. It's probably the same set that they used for Sam Winchester's, you know, storage unit because it right. had the same kind of stuff there uh, behind the scenes thing. But yeah, he was <laughs> on a cot or something, and he and his neck snapped. I think while his eyes are still closed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I totally missed that. Then Sam in in that dream when Jeremy got him, Sam ended up tied to the ground with right. his arms outstretched yes. and his feet together and it was very much a crucifixion and pose. And knees slightly bent. It was yes. very much a crucifixion yeah. pose even to the bent knees. Yes. And I thought that was interesting and you're, mm-hmm. you're like what are they what are they, exactly are they trying to tell us here? Well, the, whenever I saw that I my reasoning was that Sam was basically sacrificing himself at that point mm-hmm. to protect Dean and give Dean a chance to either come rescue him mm-hmm. or deal with what Whatever Dean needed to deal with that had separated the two of them in the dream, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it. There was a lot of symbolism going on yeah. with right. that, especially the fact that Dean is wrestling with a demon. Uh-huh. So yes. we have Dean wrestling with a demon, and then you have this crucifixion sort of pose, this you know symbol of, of sacrifice, and, right? Mm-hmm. And taking upon others' uh, sins unto yourself, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bent knees for the, the first lead, I thought, well, that's not a very good, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah. And I like that, because uh, I had thought about whenever he mentioned how he'd also taken the dream route. Mm-hmm. I thought about for a second, oh, if he has already taken the dream route, he should be able to control it. But Jeremy's doing this longer, and if maybe Sam needed time in the dream. Right. Mm-hmm to kind of get acquainted with using his abilities, so to speak. Or just took that long to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and with speaking of abilities, and I know you didn't mean them exactly like this, but Bobby, whenever he's talking to Sam, Bobby brings up the possibility of maybe it was Sam's psychic abilities that helped him to overcome Jeremy, not just like the, the dream world abilities so I think they kind of left that open ended because Sam of course is like well I don't think it was but we don't have a definitive answer on yes it was or no it wasn't Uh, I also thought another interesting thing uh, referring back to what you had talked about with them splitting up Mm -hmm. and what you had talked about with the concept of lucid dreaming 
and speak the ancestors and all that, we have typically in these sort of lucid dream states and in a lot of practices, it is to seek out an answer. Right. So there is this drive to explore. Mm-hmm. And so when he said we need to split up, I thought maybe they're trying to hearken to the this idea of because first of all, it was a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> like the stupid idea to split up and just carry house with you know who knows what. <laughs> but if the dream root and these kind of dreams force you to explore your own truths, perhaps that was pushing them apart. Right. So, ah. and which, if that is the case, makes it interesting that Dean explored and found Bobby and Sam explored and found Jeremy. So it says a lot about what those are. You have one going towards family, one going towards the answer. It's sort of, I don't know. Right. I don't know exactly what all that means, but it, yeah. made, it made me think. Well, and you're right with it, with Dean going towards family because he told Bobby, you're like a father to me. Exactly. And and so it's it makes sense that Dean would seek him out. And in Dean's dream, what was he dreaming of? Family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it I just I think it's interesting that this hardened hunter who who has never expressed any desire to not be a hunter is the one dreaming of the happy family. Right. Right. Yeah, his yep. you know, Bobby's a, as a father when he's in his own dream he's talking about his dad. I mean, not positively. <laughs> but still. <laughs> but, but still, but the dad's on the mind and the first thing that he sees whenever they're in the dream world is Lisa exactly. from episode 2, the kids are all right. Because Dean thinks he has a child in Ben, and he wants to be with Lisa, and so that is the first thing that comes to him. And even though he says, you know, I've literally never dreamed of that before, again, subconsciously, lying. I think mm-hmm. that that's what he wants. Lying. Yeah. 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 He has had that dream many times. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other reason why I think it's a stupid idea for them to split up, even though we've talked about probably why it happened, is the fact that whenever they're talking about the African dream route, they're they're basically saying, oh, so it allows you, allows you to become Freddy Krueger. Yeah, you don't fucking split up whenever Freddy Krueger <laughs> is after you. That's all I got to say. So, you know, it, my theory is I don't have to outrun Freddy. I just have to outrun you. So at least have a victim that you can trip or whatever so that you can get away. At least be kind enough to twist your own ankles that I might live. <laughs> Alright, could you just do that for me? Just this once? Or, you know, I mean, shoot, shoot a person in a leg and just keep on going. That's all I gotta you say. Just, you just so. incept a gun and you're good to go. Bam! Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so you couldn't accept that we run faster? I didn't think of it! I didn't think of it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Speaking of Bella and everything that we had gone on before, we do realize at the end of the episode that she did steal the colt, and we're all just totally shocked that that happened. So shocked, shocked. I tell you. Yes. If if you could see our faces, you would see our shocked faces. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, wait. Speaking of Bella, I also, I'm glad that they hearkened back to, because she's only ever mentioned doing this off screen where she spoke to the spirits to get information. Right, yes. And I'm glad that they showed her attempting to do that again. Yes. Instead of, because if they, if they didn't, I would have been like, why didn't she talk to the spirits? Yeah. <laughs> why aren't they involved in this? She just found Gordon so easy. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to the episode where Gordon becomes a vampire. Reverse spoiler. 
Fresh blood. Fresh blood, thank you. Yes. Anti-spoiler? Yes. No, we uh, we always refer back. That's gotcha, fine. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. And one thing that I, I thought was really good with that, too, is that they didn't come up with some convoluted answer or some convoluted reason. She was just like, you know, sometimes they don't tell me anything. or And that will, those weren't her exact words, but it's just like, you know, sometimes nothing comes through. It's like fishing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like fishing. You throw it out of your line and you hope somebody bites and sometimes they don't. Yeah. The line that Bobby yells, help me, somebody help me. Yes. They like to go back to that line. And this is me pushing the spoiler line here, but we're going to hear that again. Mm. We're going to hear that again. Okay. I'd also like to note I really liked the separation transition they had for Dean and Sam and Dean's dream mm-hmm. in the forest. Yes. Slow, like almost agonizingly slow pan back. And I thought this was, this was good. Yeah. This was um, a really good episode. Yeah. Because they, they didn't reuse a door. That was the other thing too, was they didn't reuse the same thing of how they got separated before. And I was like, creativity. Yeah. I guess the last thing I would say is that if you're sleep depriving yourself, let somebody else drive. Just yes. Let somebody else drive. Oh yeah. my God! Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're drinking so much coffee, your eyeballs are twitching. Perhaps, perhaps mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Let someone else drive. Yeah. Or if you're so sleep deprived that you're basically mm-hmm. just becoming a screaming idiot on everything and anything that somebody tells you, yeah, it's probably probably a good idea to not be behind the wheel of a car or any heavy machinery for that matter. I guess the last thing I would say is that I loved that the weapon that Jeremy was using was a baseball bat because that was the weapon that was used on him as a kid. Yes. So I just thought this was it was a very nice episode. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a lot of good stuff in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Fortunate continuation of abuse. Yes. That, yeah. Uh, Sadly, we see sometimes. Well, and, you know, it kind of ties back in with Max, with all of the abuse that he went through. He basically started taking it out on anybody and everybody. It wasn't just the abuser and or the enabler. That it was, was anybody who was around him. That was the first episode where we discovered there were other kids like yes. Sam and he was the telekinetic who yes. was killing his family. Yes. That's right. And so it was... I, while I agree that it was a really powerful thing and probably the best thing that he could have done in the circumstances for Sam basically to call forth the image of Jeremy's dad, that was just, oh God, it, it was a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It was a very yeah. final thing. And honestly, I don't think there could have been any other thing that Sam could have done that would have been as effective as that because not to get too much into it but as somebody who has been the victim of abuse facing that abuser is one of the most difficult things that you can do Mm -hmm. whether you make amends or whether you work through it or whatever still having to be face to face with that person is one of the most difficult things that you can do Sure. Yeah, and it was also an extremely, this was another kind of behind the scenes thing, but I was kind of marveling at this episode's use of, of a TV show, which probably has a limited special effects budget, pulling off a dream episode like yeah. this. And so instead of, which the first thing that comes to my mind, instead of it being like, we learned some sort of phobia that Jeremy was going to have, and then right. that's what we used against him, you know? Like, let's say he was a, had a phobia of scorpions, and so Sam envisioned some sort of giant scorpion, things like that. 
but instead using the dad was not only this fiscally smart <laughs> right you know, it's a lot cheaper than animating a giant scorpion but it also paralleled so well with the conversation that Dean was having yeah right so it was really good on you know on a writer's standpoint and also on the bottom line and yeah. I thought that was interesting well and too if you animate a giant scorpion then you have the possibility of it becoming the scorpion king animation which there you go. sucked <laughs> so bad oh yeah <laughs> so see nobody wants that so it's the uh, plan nine of CGI <laughs> yes yeah no Nobody wants that at all. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, Plan 9 from Outer Space, so. Yeah. yeah. How, it's an example of how not to do something. Yeah. At the end of this episode, Dean came out and said, I, I want to live. I don't want to go to hell. Yes. And that was very, very important. Because now he cares about himself and now he wants to fight back. Demon Dean got the last snap, though. Yes. Yeah. Which I can't do. I can't yeah. get the snap, so you'll have to. Thank you. All right, all right. <laughs> and half the universe just died. But anyway. <laughs> well, since we both snapped. Yeah. All, all of the three record. fourths. No, three fourths. Oh, okay. okay. You did half. I did the other. I did half of the half. It multiplies the each other. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh. Three of the lucky ones, at least. Three of the lucky ones. <laughs> if you died, we apologize. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, and we invite you to come back next week when we will be discussing episode 11 entitled The Mystery, or not The Mystery Spot, Mystery Spot. So, until then, carry on, jerk. Bitch. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.